वेलकम टू हिट बुल्स आईज पॉडकास्ट बिग बुल की पाठशाला वी हेल्प स्टूडेंट्स रियलाइज देयर करियर ड्रीम्स थैंक यू फॉर ट्यूनिंग इन एंड मेकिंग योर चॉइस टू सक्सीड इन योर करियर हेलो एंड वेलकम टू हिट बुल्स आईज पॉडकास्ट वेयर वी आर ट्राइंग टू कीप यू अहेड ऑफ कॉम्पिटिशन बाय शेयरिंग करंट अफेयर्स टिप्स फॉर वेरियस एग्जाम्स एंड इंटरव्यूज विद एमिनेंट स्पीकर्स Make sure you follow the podcast and share this episode with your friends who are preparing for any competitive exam. My name is Manish and in today's episode we are going to cover in detail the 16th presidential elections that are going to be held in India in July 2022. So let's take a look at that. So the tenure of the current president of India Shri Ramnath Kovind is set to end in July 2022 which is also when the 16th Indian presidential elections will be held to elect his successor and for the unversed i would tell you that uh, the opposition parties as well as the ruling dispensation have already declared their nominees for the presidential elections so the joint nominee of the opposition parties is mr yashwant sinha and the nominee of the bjp led nda is ms draupadi murmu so these are the candidates who are going to be contesting the presidential elections as the candidates of opposition and the ruling party respectively now in this context it is important for us to know how the president of india is elected because this much most of us are aware that a common citizen or a common man does not vote for the presidential elections so how is the president of india elected we know that india is a republic and by definition a republic is a nation where the head of the state is elected and is not a hereditary leader and since we call india a republic how is the head of the state that is the president elected is something that every citizen of india ought to know So the Indian president is elected through an electoral college system wherein the votes are cast by the national and state level lawmakers. At the national level the lawmakers are the members of parliament in the two houses of parliament that is the Rajya Sabha and the Lok Sabha and at the state level the lawmakers are in the legislative assemblies. The elections are conducted and overseen by the Election Commission of India which is a constitutional body. Now let's see who all are eligible to vote for the elections. So as I told you that the national and state level legislators are eligible to vote for the presidential elections. So the members of Lok Sabha and Rajya Sabha are eligible to vote. However, only the elected members can vote and not the nominated ones. Now in Lok Sabha there was a provision of the nomination of two Anglo-Indian members by the president however that provision has now been deleted by the 104th constitutional amendment therefore only the elected members of Lok Sabha that is 543 members are eligible to vote for the presidential election as far as the Rajya Sabha is concerned it has a functional strength of 245 out of which 12 members are nominated by the president from the fields of art science literature and social service and those 12 members are not eligible to vote in the presidential elections so if we subtract 12 out of 245 it leaves us with 233 rajya sabha members 
therefore 233 members of rajya sabha and 543 members of lok sabha in total 776 members of parliament are eligible to vote for the presidential elections as far as the states are concerned there are the members in the lower house that is the legislative assembly that are eligible to vote and they are well over 4000 in number so in total there are above 4000 members in the legislative assemblies of all the 28 states and the three union territories that have a legislative assembly that is the ut of delhi the ut of puducherry and the ut of jammu and kashmir so in total 28 states three uts with legislative assemblies and the two houses of parliament are eligible to vote for the election of the president of india if we talk about the constitutional provisions related to the election then article 54 talks about the election of the president article 55 explains the manner of election of the president article 56 says that the term of the office of president shall be 5 years however if it is not possible due to circumstances to conduct the next presidential elections before the completion of the 5 year term then the incumbent president may continue in his or her position till the next elections are conducted article 57 specifies the eligibility for re-election so in india the president is eligible to be re-elected and there is no term limit to become the president of india to contrast this with united states of america the us president cannot become president for a third term so there is a bar of two terms on the us president whereas in india there is no such bar and article 58 specifies the qualifications to become the president of india so the qualifications are number 1 the person should be a citizen of india number 2 the person should be at least 35 years of age number 3 the president or the candidate should be eligible to be elected as a member of the lok sabha now it does not mean that he or she should be a member of the lok sabha it just means that all the eligibility criteria that is mentioned for a person to become the lok sabha member are also mandatory to be fulfilled to elect or to contest the elections of the president of india and number 4 the person should not hold any office of profit now if we talk about the procedure how the president of india is elected first there is the nomination stage at which the candidate has to file his or her nomination so the candidate who intends to stand in the election files the nomination along with a signed list of 50 proposers and 50 seconders so these proposers and seconders can be anyone from the total number of the electoral college from the state and national level that means if any person intends to stand for the elections of the president of india the name has to be proposed and seconded by a total of 100 mps or mlas only then the person can file the nomination and this rule was implemented by the election commission of india in 1974 to deter the non serious candidates who do not stand a chance to get even a single vote so if their name is proposed by 100 mps and mlas that means they stand a chance 
to get some votes in the elections. So to deter non-serious candidates, this particular provision was included. And an elector, that is an MP or an MLA, cannot propose or second the nomination of more than one candidate. Now all the MPs and MLAs who vote for the president, their value of vote is calculated through a specific formula. The fixed value of each vote of an MP of the Rajya Sabha and Lok Sabha is 708. So in total, there are 776 members of parliament and the value of vote of each of them is 708. So 776 multiplied by 708 gives out the total value of votes of the MPs of Lok Sabha and Rajya Sabha combined. Now when it comes to the state level legislators, that is the members of the legislative assemblies, the calculation is not very simple. Because the value of each MLA's vote is determined by dividing the population of the state by the number of MLA's in its legislative assembly. And the quotient that is achieved is further divided by 1000. For example, if we talk about Uttar Pradesh, so if the total population of Uttar Pradesh is let's say 20 crore. So 20 crore is divided by the number of MLAs in Uttar Pradesh that is 403. So 20 crore divided by 403 into 1 by 1000. And the value that is achieved is the value of vote of one MLA in Uttar Pradesh Legislative Assembly. And by this calculation, Uttar Pradesh has the value of vote at 208. That means the 403 MLAs of Uttar Pradesh will cast their votes and each MLA's vote will be 208. So 403 multiplied by 208 gives out the total value of votes of all the MLA's in Uttar Pradesh. And the similar, in a similar way, the value of votes of each state's MLA's are calculated and they are influenced by the population of the state and the number of MLA's in that particular state assembly. For instance, the value of one MLA's vote in UP is, 2000, is 208, in Maharashtra it is 175, while in Arunachal Pradesh it is just 8. So it depends on the population of the state and the number of members in the legislative assembly. So in total, the value of votes of all the MPs and all the MLA's combined comes out to be approximately 10, 000, 10 lakh plus and out of that about 50% weightage is to the MPs and about 50% weightage is with the states. The reason for that is that in a federal structure the union and the states should have an equal role in electing the president. And to secure a victory, a nominated candidate need not have only simple majority but there is a specific quota of votes that needs to be won. And to win, the candidate must secure 50% of the total votes cast plus one. That means absolute majority is what is required to become the president of India. And unlike general elections, where electors vote for a single party's candidate, the voters of the electoral college write the names of the candidates on the ballot paper in order of preference. And this method is known as the proportional representation by means of single transferable vote. 
and also the voting is by a secret ballot. That means no one knows which candidate has voted for whom. So this is how the President of India is elected. And irrespective of the preference, all the names of the nominees have to be filled in the ballot paper. In the first instance, the first preference votes of all the electors are calculated. And if it fails to exceed the 50% quota, then the person getting the least number of votes is deleted from the list and that person's second preference votes are added to the remaining candidates. And this procedure is repeated until one candidate obtains 50% plus one votes. And the candidate who secures this for the first time becomes the president of India. In the history of India, it has happened only once that a presidential candidate was elected unopposed. That means there was no opposition to that presidential candidate and his election was in a way anonymous in nature. And that was President Neelam Sanjeeva Reddy. But other than that, it has always been a contested election and the votes have been cast and then only the results have been announced. In the 16 presidential elections as well, it is expected that there will be a close fight between Yashwant Sinha, who is the opposition candidate, and Ms. Draupadi Murmu, who is the ruling party's candidate. But going by the numbers, it is highly likely that the NDA nominee, Ms. Draupadi Murmu, is going to emerge as the next president of India. And if that happens, she will be the second woman after Pratibha Devi Patil and the first tribal to be elected the president of India. So this is how the highest constitutional position that is the president of India is filled through an election. And this is how India has continued with the legacy of electing a common man as the president of India. And that also bears a testimony to the fact that India is a sovereign, socialist, secular, democratic republic where even a common man or woman can aspire to occupy the highest constitutional position of the country. And we are proud to carry that legacy forward. So that is it for this particular episode. If you think that it has increased your knowledge about the President of India, please give us 5-star rating and also share it with your friends and family who can benefit from the same. This is me Manish Mittal from Hit Bullseye. Thank you so much and take care.